0: All right, Kiss on welcome to the Kiss FAQ podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today.
1: I think it's into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a kiss-related podcast by the Lord for the Lord.
2: We hope that you enjoy.
0: Welcome to episode 116 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host this week, Julian Gill, and I am joined by. 69th Blizzard, Ken. Marcus Almighty, Mark. Greetings. And St. Louis Kiss, Lonnie. What's up? This this time you're here. This time I'm here, and I talked to you right before the show last week,
2: and I was supposed to be on, and then I wasn't, and then I was going to be on, and then I I said, well, I'm just going to leave work, and then... Come to find out, I could
0: have been on the show anyway. <laughs> yep. So uh, off that call last week, I, I booked my hotel at least for New York for Peter Chris's farewell. And oh, I'm, very nice. I, I am freaking. I'm flying cross country for that to say farewell to the real Catman, the original Catman, the one and only. Um, I mean, Peter's been an important part of my life as a Kiss fan and collector. And um, you know, if this is it for him, oh, I'm going to be there no matter what. So cheering. Looking forward to it. other news is all about me. Um, vo- volume, <laughs> <The> mar- narcissist. <laughs> narcissist. I'm in love with myself. I'm a complete pompous ass. Volume. Uh, what is it? Volume two of the on tour series came out yesterday, mm-hmm. and I I pulled the trigger today on the international version, Mark, which means it will be coming to Canada and to Australia or all my mates down under. Uh, very shortly, it's usually probably a week or ten days lag with that distributor, and for collectors who really care, that it'll end up with two versions. The international one is always on thinner paper. It's just because it's with a different printing company, and the I mean, if you really care about that shit, that's fine. And I'm I'm gonna do hardcover of uh, both of these uh, first volumes, nice. and work on volume three. It's still in print right now, 1998 to uh, 2014, and it's got alive worldwide at the beginning of it which is horrendously developed in this volume two uh will come out again as a updated volume three with artwork that matches the kind of the uh ads and all that shit collage that i've done for the uh, first two volumes that'll be coming out in a few months so uh, which will take us all the way through the end of 2016 and then it's just a never-ending kind of thing so Mm -hmm. mark how's your cd doing project gemini i've listened to it i think nine times this week and seriously I've just been grooving on it I've uh, had it mixed in with some Floyd and some Mondo Drag and Mm -hmm. thoroughly been enjoying it Mark I must say I'm surprised I've listened to it as much as I have, you often buy something from a friend, you check it out a few times and it doesn't really enter your playlist but it's been a part of my playlist so how's uh, everything going with it, any news?
1: Yeah, it's going good Um, just wanted to let everybody know that there's not many left we're, we're getting near the tail end but um just a few people i know have ordered some the last couple of days and i haven't gotten them out yet mainly because if you've been following me online a small little dog has entered my life that i adopt my voice, voice box <laughs> okay sorry about that I just adopted a dog so it's been taking up a lot of my time so but I'll be getting back to sending everything out as of tomorrow so no worries also one more thing uh, if I can get a couple more of these sold I'm very close to being able to start the vinyl so I will be doing vinyl versions of this record awesome and I will have news too about the posters as well because they will be going with the vinyl too so if anybody's been waiting to buy it we'll buy this now because if you buy it now and get me across the hump then the vinyl will be coming very soon so or at least i'll I'll be able to get started on it very soon so depending on how long it takes to get pressed that's not in my hands but hopefully it won't take too long so that's it for me awesome
0: mark let's uh, hear it's doing well and uh you know, if you're interested in sitting on the fence, just do it. It's worth it. Let's get into, you know, the first part of today's topic is, you know, something that comes off the FAQ message board. So do we really want to go? Okay, we will go there. It's, um you know, someone posted a thread, Peter's Last Song. You know, what mm-hmm. is, and, and we'll just do this as a quick, you know, informal, but, you know, obviously the last song he ever performs is most likely going to be Beth. That is his signature song. That's his, you know, his... I Saved Kiss his ass song um, <laughs> you know and People's Choice Award and yeah etc etc everything mm-hmm. um, but if there was a song that he was going to say get behind a drum kit for the very last time and perform what would be the song from the Kiss or Peter Chris catalog that you would most like to see him performing and Ken,
3: well oh, you have to <laughs> that's with me, huh? All right. It's usually my move. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly
0: I realized okay. that I was looking at Mark while saying that, but you can't see who I'm looking at. It tricked so, me. Yeah, that's that not... totally didn't work.
3: Yeah. yeah um, okay, well, yeah, that's kind of hard. But uh, I I would like to hear him do, uh, for me, I would like to do uh, end with Black Diamond. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what I would like uh just not because it's an ending. I mean, it used to be like their encore song, one of the encore songs at the beginning. So, and uh, I've always loved it. It's one of my favorite uh, Kiss songs. So, and I love his vocal always on it. So, um, I think that should be his last song. If it was for me, that'd be it.
0: Very nice, Mark. How about you?
1: Well, we all know it will be probably Beth. But if I if I had a choice. On it, I would say a, a good song for him to do would maybe be "Hooked on Rock and Roll." I mean, it's kind of like a autobiographical song of his. You know, he's been hooked on playing rock music his whole life. So, and I, you know, it's probably one of the better songs off his '78 record. So, why not do that one? I think that'd be a pretty catchy closer. You could kind of extend it, turn it into a kind of a jam song. And there you go, right?
0: Nice. That's uh, that's out of left field. So, way to go, thinking outside the box, Lonnie.
2: You know it. I'm in agreement that it'll probably be Beth, but as far as a final song of Peter Chris behind the kit, I'm going to go with Nothing to Lose, because it's the song, it, it, it's a great song to begin with. His vocals on there are, are, you know, scratchy, classic Peter Chris type vocals. It has a great groove to it. It's really, Peter's signature drumming is really all over that song and it's also also because it's the song that brought him back into kiss in late 1995 you know it's a song that he got it was the song he was featured on on MTV Unplugged and i i liked the song before that and then i'm you know 15 16 years old and he sings that and it just really got me more into him as a as a drummer and as a member of the band so i i really love even if it's not his last song, just to hear him on Nothing to Lose one more time.
0: Yeah. I I I think all of those are kind of you know, any one of those would be great choices. I'm because you, you just went with Nothing to Lose, which was my ah. you know, my pick, you know, I'm gonna go with my backup, which is last time behind the kit, I think uh the alive solo. Mm, yeah
3: that'd be good
0: if for one or five minutes he could channel his inner cat and go back to 1975 and just play a bit of that not like how we remember it from the reunion and afterwards where it kind of slowed down It it retained its tribal nature but you know if he could just kind of maybe do an enhanced version with backup kind of keeping him in tempo with the original yeah he was an absolute fucking monster in 1975 76 mm-hmm. 77 yeah. you know midway through 77 is kind of where it starts uh, going a little bit parachute he was an absolute fucking monster and that thing in my ears whenever I hear it on a live and I wasn't there I, I, I don't have that 40 years of that album in my head because I just don't have the age. It just hits me every single time I listen to a live every time I listen to an alive era bootlegger you know dressed to kill it is just that is a band on fire and he's the backbone of it you know he's so integral so I would go with that and, and you know any of the the people out there who want to denigrate his skills and the decline that you know he's had as a human being physically don't go there. You know, just think back to how awesome he was and what he represented, and the number of musicians that he inspired with that drum solo or the drum work on so many songs. That was just perfect fit for Kiss, and his singing and backup vocals. Holy shit! You know,
3: unique. Kind of. As a as a add on, you know, to that topic, there was another topic on the board about the um, Alive two. Side four, when whether he played the songs, (laughs) the the argument whether he played the songs or not on uh, side four, all of the songs, and and no one has any proof. I mean, Gene, Gene and Paul say that he did play on it. Uh, There's nothing else saying that he didn't. There's people drummers out there say that no, no, he wouldn't have done that or this and. And there's other drummers who were drummers saying, yeah, he, he could do that. What about
1: Bob Kulick? Bob Kulick uh,
0: is quoted in an interview, and I think Bob is misquoted. I think he's either misquoted think... or he misremembers because he throws Anton's name into the picture at a time that Anton is not in the fucking picture. Yeah,
3: Anton from, from wasn't in the picture. Ev-
0: everything it. that yeah. I've ever done, uh, or I'm sorry, everything that Tim has ever done, um, you know, and that we've read. And every other interview in any of the fanzines over the decades that Anton Fig is in the studio in alive too. I don't fucking think so. However, there are other drummers who are thrown into the mix. The most primary suspect, if there is anything, without Peter Chris. And you know, this is again, if I could ever get an interview with Peter, it would be like is this you? I mean, I'm sorry, it's a very rude question, yeah. Peter, but is this you? We know you're capable of more than to that which you're often ascribed. Just look at Destroyer and what Bob Ezrin motivated and got out of him. So, come absolutely. on. absolutely. You know, that's evidence. He can do things that he wasn't necessarily capable of as he started out in Kiss. But the person who's often mentioned in kind of the discussions that I've had with people is Stars' drummer. Joe Joe oh. X. Mm. Dube, i think whatever you know I'm, i don't know stars well enough as someone who was kind of in the scene and that's the all coin management scene around that time who would have been you know available and come on gene was using so many different drummers on his demos it could have been anyone i mean shit you know if it's not peter but is there anything on there i think larger than life is most definitely peter um, you, you get drummers who chime in as well. That's most definitely Peter. What do you mean? You, you can't fucking tell. No, I'm not a drummer. I'm not a musician. I, I just listen <laughs> to, I just listen to music, man. Um, you know, and then another drummer will say that's definitely not him. So, mm-hmm. you know, I- interesting topic, but you know, not one with enough evidence either way. I think that's right. So, yeah. so before we bore Lonnie to death. No, I was gonna. I'm not bored. I was gonna
2: say that if Gina, if if it wasn't Peter wouldn't g and paul would be the first ones to say hey no that wasn't peter and kind of slam him down just a little bit more than they already had well, well,
0: that's you what know, I, with, I without down a doubt they would have said yeah peter forward. Peter had a card game you know he couldn't even ace had a card game peter could have they would have thrown if, him under the bus if
2: the opportunity was there just to slam one of the two of them down just a little bit more they would have done it and they wouldn't say no that's peter
3: i actually replied on He's that close. I, said, I said that exact thing i said really i said gene or paul would have said something would have put it on either extreme close-up or some other outlet you know they and, would have and really, again, you know Peter knocked them down to, for that cut the but they out. haven't so you know what happen.
2: exactly
0: <laughs> yeah come on anton came totally clean about dynasty and mass why wouldn't he have said oh yeah you know if, if why the makes... big
2: cover up over those songs
0: yeah yeah
3: please
0: all right so let's get into today's real topic and Belch, excuse me. I haven't haven't had a beer in a week, so this is my one chance to have a little sip. Um, Gene Simmons, we're back talking about him again. We last spoke about Gene, episode um, 105 when he had announced these solo shows that he was going to be doing, and we decided to pontificate about the format that we'd like to see him do, the songs and all all that, you know, right down to costumes, I think. So if you haven't checked it out, go out and uh, check it out. I probably should have done so before doing this episode, because I can't remember what the fuck I said that day. Julian's uh, not
2: doing his show prep.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> didn't do his homework. Yeah. We, we had a show prep meeting about an hour ago, Julian. You didn't show up for it. <laughs> um, guys, I wasn't invited. <laughs> oh, oh shit that's how it starts the end Get, getting <laughs> edged out here um so you know let's talk about the show that he did in cleveland I, when was it on the 18th now it's a few days ago uh you know thank you to all the people who shared video on youtube we're gonna use a little bit of it today fair use um You know to illustrate this episode you guys did a fantastic job people who shot the whole show great job there's a couple of close-up videos of the key tracks that are just really really well shot and for aficionados of youtube sound quality they actually sound damn good too Uh, there's also an audio version that's circulating that is fucking torture to listen to but again thank you for going to the effort of taping it um even if it made my ears bleed so Let's talk about this uh show. And any of these uh you know, let's get into the good, the bad and the ugly on Gene Simmons Live. Ken, let's go straight to you on your overall impressions of this show. Is it a win? Is it thumbs down? Is it off with his head? Or uh, you better call Paul <laughs> Stanley to save your ass. No,
3: no, no, no. It's uh it's a win. It is a is a total win. Um and I watched the whole thing a couple of times and uh a very very pleased with the the song songs that he brought out to play, you know, you know some for you know for the first time uh, live. So uh, I like how they did the opening of the even the opening of the concert where they play the music from the beginning yeah. of Gene Simmons' solo album, you know, the Janus Ian bit, uh, that that creepy kind of stuff that kicks in and it actually and it kicks into radioactive, uh, which is. Which makes sense, you know, he, that's how the album started and, you know, keep it going. And, the, you know, the only thing I would say that uh, uh, I didn't care for is, you know, if he forgot lyrics sometimes or something like that, or or if, uh, uh, what's the other thing? Oh, yeah, and, he, you know, he said the gymnasium joke. Again. So he, yeah, he, doesn't, he we'll, doesn't need, we'll he doesn't to, need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to do that. But otherwise, you know... Great. Great song choices. Fantastic song choices. Now, I'd just like to say this here, is all you Paul Stanley people that say, you know, Gene Simmons doesn't have enough songs, good songs, you know, he just proved he does, and he has more that he can do. You know, he's he's a lot better than you guys give him credit for. I'm just going to tell you that you Paul Stanley people.
0: The hot take. Oh,
3: ring the ooh, bell. Oh, <laughs> the, vo- the voice
0: of reason getting uppity. Nice, I like that.
3: Welcome by the wrong side of that.
0: You know, I don't remember. Ken, episode 105, when we did that episode. Do you remember? Did any of us come up with radioactive as the the opening to the set with the uh, Ron hmm. uh, Frangipani, Frangipani or whatever? Uh, I, you know, oral intro. I don't remember any of us mentioning that. So I was totally blown away when this show goes up and boom, it's that oral intro. It's so much better than kind of like the ominous humming bass note or, you know, that kiss is oh, yeah. used or, you know, I, I was listening to another show this week that started off with guns and roses, appetite for destruction, playing, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It, it's just so perfect as a intro to a show yes. that, um, you know if none of us mentioned it on that episode then shame on us for not mentioning it mark what's your overall impression of the show thumbs up thumbs down
1: um thumbs up um i thought that the show was pretty good i mean again unfortunately the musician and me always had a few little cringe moments in it and it's mainly just around the same thing that ken mentioned you're waiting all this time to hear him play songs that he hasn't played for a long time like charisma and songs like that and you're like yes he's gonna be playing this he comes out and he's doing this uh, how's it go uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and I'm like no I mean come on you you knew you were gonna do these like come on man you don't tell me you couldn't have prepared a little bit more than that for those songs that's the only thing that bothered me I thought his selection of songs were really good I thought he played the bass great he was really good playing, the band was good, you know, I have really no negative points on it. It's just that you knew for years, all of us fans have been clamoring for these songs, and people loved it, right? So now here's your chance to really knock their socks off with a bunch of songs we haven't heard, and you're doing this, that go? What, what? and he's getting everybody else. The cover for him, and I was like, come on. And it wasn't just one. It was all pretty much the newer ones that he had to do that in. So, come on. Get a little iPad thing for your lyrics. Put it on the stand like a lot of other musicians do now instead of a teleprompter, and get the lyrics there, and perform it properly. <laughs> you think Gene could
0: play bass and operate an iPad at the same time?
3: <laughs>
1: Gene can't operate an iPad without him. Look Well, somebody I'm, just you know, remotely move the lyrics for him or something, you know? Like, come on. I mean, that's my only, only that's, thing. If Axl Rose can have a teleprompter, why not Gene
0: Simmons? Yeah, and if, right. if, if Paul Stanley can have a uh, Keith LaRue to help him, uh, maybe, right. <laughs> maybe Gene needs someone who can help him. Uh, Lonnie, what's your overall impression of the show? I
2: I was very pleased with it. And with, with the, the radioactive opening, You know, it's fantastic. I mean, I I, I can't think of a better way for Gene Simmons' solo show to start. Honestly. I mean, it's fantastic. And then straight in the Deuce after that. It's perfect. And the song selection, I think, is is great. And the fact that, you know, we do play Radioactive, which most fans are going to know. Maybe not the casual, casual fan that's going because it's Gene Simmons. But most fans are going to know that. And then Deuce and then Calling Dr. Love, three pretty, you know, Two, really. I mean, and Nothing to Lose in there, too. But some really standard Gene Simmons songs to kick it off with. But then it's a great mix, though, too. Not only do you get the standard Gene Simmons songs with Nothing to Lose, the Calling Dr. Love, with Christine 16, and War Machine. But then you throw those other ones in there as well, mm-hmm. with Almost Human, and Love for Sale, and Plaster Your Charisma, See You Tonight. It's a great mix of the standards, of giving the fans what they – of of giving the casual fans what they came there to hear that, oh, well, you know, I did get to hear Rock and Roll all Night, and I heard No War Machine because Old Kiss played that the last time they were in town, and, mm-hmm. oh, Deuce, Kiss always plays Deuce, a on Alive and Cold Gin. But you mix it up and throw in those nuggets for those hardcore fans. And to me, it was just like I'm sitting there and I'm following a gen- uh, a guy that was at the show, and he's posting the songs as as they're playing And I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're playing <laughs> You know, they're playing Plaster Casher. Oh, he's playing Charisma. This is awesome. I can't wait. He comes here in two weeks. I hope he doesn't change the set list at all and plays this exact same thing. That you know, he doesn't say, oh, I'm not going to do Charisma again. I didn't really didn't know it. I hope he, you know, stays with it and plays it again. Because it was so great that, and it's what I think KISS fans have been wanting for a long time. Yes, play the standards. Play some of those standards. You can do both. You can play the standards and you can play the rarities at the same time and you're, catering to both kinds of fans in the audience the casual fan that came there to hear rock and roll night and the hardcore fan that's gonna shit his pants when you go into almost human so i couldn't be happier with it i think it's fantastic and and i know in typical gene form yeah he kind of looks around mark you know like i don't know this one but i wouldn't expect anything less out of gene simmons at this point either so i couldn't be happier
0: he, he's not hey, going to change. And, Kent, you before I go, i just say,
3: Lonnie, you mentioned, you know, the almost human and the guy shitting his pants. There's that video that Julian posted up there. You can hear the guy uh, that's standing next to the guy filming it. It's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh it's, exactly. almost like, it's almost human. It's almost human. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was a big moment. So,
2: I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, that and char- charisma. Love for Sale. that's awesome. Can you imagine if Kiss played a set that's like... If Kiss came to... And I know, well, that's what the cruise is for. If Kiss came to town and Kiss went on tour and played a set of half and half, half classics and half rarities, Mm -hmm. you know what? People would be going to more than one show. And and I'm not saying attendance is suffering. Don't... You know what I mean? But people would go to more than one show and be... And I think there'd be more of a buzz around the tour. Like, we talk, we talked on a show a, few, a little while back about... We did, like, a recap of 2016. And we're like, yeah, the Freedom of the Rock tour, but it, there just wasn't a buzz around the show. Around the tour at all. But if they played a set list like that, the buzz would be going the whole time. It'd be yeah.
1: fantastic.
0: Here, here's... I, I was going to get this deeper into the show, but you kind of... Uh all of your attitudes around this kind of forces me to kind of say it now he pulled out some fucking gems Mm -hmm. is the problem here i i think our reaction to it that he can still sing those gems and paul sadly as much as he tries and his heart is there he's he's passionate and willing can't pull it off gene comes out there and i'm sorry he fucking knocked it out of the park he obviously needs a teleprompter and needs to rehearse them a bit more. You know, he did mm-hmm. say it in the intro to, what was it, I think, "Got Love or Almost Human, that they'd only kind of worked on it in the afternoon before the show. Um, yeah, I don't know if I actually believe that. That sounds... You know, mm-hmm. the Donald Trump of rock and roll talking, but <laughs> wow! No, he just doesn't sound like the sort of person who who would go into something unprepared. You know, uh, uh, as nice as Gene is, and kind of happy-go-lucky in that sense, he's he's a business person, and if you go into something, you are one hundred percent committed and ready to execute your business plan, which is performing. Uh, in his case, rather than doing the deal in the other case, so. Let's talk, you know, as diehard fans who, who just crave to hear these cuts. Has Paul kind of just been thrown under the bus by Gene just throwing them out there and knocking them out? Ken?
3: I don't, I don't think he's, you know, he Gene can do whatever he wants. I mean, it's the same as Paul doing his Soul Station thing, uh, right? Um, Gene is playing songs that he must have got input i think he got a lot of input probably from those uh his band of what songs to play because they were you know well schooled in in playing kiss covers so uh and they're probably kiss fans obviously and mm-hmm. they're like us they're picking the songs that you know hey they'd love to hear you know the fans would love to hear this Let's play this song you know and and so on so but i don't think it's a slight to paul at all, um, but it just proved to me that, I mean, I, like God love, God love for sale. I kind of closed my eyes for a while, and it's like, holy crap, you know, I can see him singing it back in the in the late 70s, and and he still sounds pretty darn close to the you know original. Um, I don't think he can get as high as he used to, but uh, it's pretty, it's close enough, very close and close enough to the original. So. Uh, Yeah, no slight to Paul. I think it just proves though, maybe, hopefully to Paul, that we can add some other things into the set list. Not just saying Gene songs, uh, classics, but even some Paul, you know, Come On and Love Me and some other stuff. Uh, um, Throw those in there because, you know, they go over well, obviously.
0: But will Paul be satisfied with Gene singing additional songs and just shaking his ass? Lonnie, what do you think this <laughs> does in, in terms of the dynamic of you know, Gene hits it out of the park with some rarities and Paul struggles?
2: Unfortunately, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Because I think at the end of the day, Paul Stanley calls the shots of what songs are being played on tour. Yeah. Paul Stanley's going to play the songs that he wants to play. And as much as, much as gene is the face of kiss and people recognize that makeup and that face and that personality more than paul stanley even i think paul stanley has the final say as to what songs we're going to play people can make suggestions but at the end of the day i i, I think paul says, what paul says goes especially as far as setlist goes and i don't I know Paul struggles, but I don't think he's ready to turn the spotlight over to Gene. Here's Gene, do all these rare songs. It'll be great, and people will love them. No, I'm Paul Stanley. I'm the star child. The attention is going to be on me. I might be struggling vocally, but the attention's still going to be on me, and I'm not going to hand that over. Um, I, I don't. I think that on the tour this summer in Europe, and you know the one-off shows that they're going to do, that you're going to get a pretty cl- pretty close to what you saw on the Freedom of the Rock tour, maybe not Flaming Youth, but or another charisma. little but I don't maybe maybe but you might get one nugget of oh wow, that's great. But other than that, it's going to be shouted out loud, I love it loud, lick it up. Rock and roll all night. Yep. And so this is don't get me wrong, this is great, but I think when it's time to go back to Kiss, it's time to go back to the standards.
0: Oh, without and without it, without a doubt, I have an image in my head of Paul Stanley sitting at home watching YouTube with a voodoo doll of Gene. Going <laughs> 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 you know, no problem there, Mark. Let's get get you right your in the throat, over. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, right. and then let's get into the set and go song by song.
1: Um, well, I don't think he's necessarily being thrown under the bus. I think what ended up happening is that he, like like you guys said earlier, that. He had a bunch of guys in who were KISS fans in the band who suggested some songs. And, uh, you know, he went with it, thought it might probably be a good idea. And he, he knew that they would go over well. I think that that, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that if you're going to play those songs, people were going to go crazy for them, right? So I hope, and I know that I'm going to be wrong about this, obviously, because I know that it's going to be exactly just how Lonnie said. They're going to go back to, the paul stanley approved set list and that's what's going to be done when it comes to kiss but maybe just just maybe maybe paul will think about this a little bit and think and say you know what here's a couple of songs that he pulled out that went over well look what happened when he did you know wouldn't you like to know me on the cruise that went over really huge maybe i can pull out another odd rare one of my own and you know make the fans happy as well you know and add in one more kind of odd one for himself, too. I mean, you know, if they did Charisma before and or or might do it, then why not pull out another one that Paul can do? You know? I'm, I'm hoping that. I'm thinking it's going to be more a case of what Lonnie said, but, you know, you can always hope, right?
2: I hope I'm wrong. But I just... I, I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because I don't see it happening. It's not 2004 again,
1: unfortunately. Yeah, no, I mean... I, I understand it. I mean right now the most important thing I think in their heads is that they want to give the fans you know at least a show that they can walk away with and say that was pretty decent and Paul has to do songs that he's still comfortable with and at least somewhat comfortable with to, to be able to do that right so whether or not he has you know I don't think confidence is the right word whether or not he thinks it's worth trying to put in another rare song is yet to be seen but I think it would be great if you could pull out one more, but I don't think they will do it, but they're know.
0: not they're not going to do it not you know look at Gene's age as well, and you know it's not easy for them you know to do the show and yeah. and everything that it entails mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. even though you know all the stuff doesn't weigh as much it's still you know they're not spring chicken, simple as that. They're going to give the fans exactly what they expect. You know, there might be one song that replaces Flaming Youth, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Jean gem for this tour. You know, just one last song for Paul to deal with, so Paul can focus on giving 110% of the best to the songs that he is performing. Yeah, you know, because that's what's important to the show, to the business, mm-hmm. is to make sure that it's very much the very best. Let's talk about this set. You know, we've we've kind of already gone fanboy on the intro into radioactive i loved how he, they went straight into deuce and you know mm. you know the intro radioactive radioactive is a great poppy song i mean even if you don't know it it's one of those ones that you can just kind of get into i think because it's a, good, a very well crafted song it's perfect in terms of the kiss dynamic um you know, very well performed, and then going straight into Deuce is just a perfect. Here's your one, here's your two, boom. We're we're going. Nothing to lose. You know, st- uh, mm. you know, is is where things kind of die in the show. A four-minute rap just proved to me that Gene Simmons is not a frontman. He needs a much more structured set list and not not be able to ramble for four minutes. I mean, it was just irrelevant. Just play the songs. I don't need hear you talk yeah it's it's like shut up you know don't don't go you know don't just be mindlessly doing stream of consciousness shit in between kiss songs Mm -hmm. it it clashes you know it's like wearing neon in the jungle ain't gonna fucking work Um, Lonnie let's talk about the the intro into nothing to lose you know the first few songs you know you've already talked about the intro Um, I think
1: it's
0: yeah I, I think I
2: think it's a great few songs to get people going um, with radioactive induce, that's a fantastic start to it. I couldn't, I couldn't think of a better way for them to start. And then nothing to lose, also. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic, and it sounded good, and it's classic. But at the same time, it's not a song Kiss plays on a regular basis. It's a song you might hear if you're lucky once in a blue moon. But I mean. And they and they did it. I guess the last time Kiss really did nothing to lose was what 08 on a live 35 around Mm -hmm. in there. So I mean it's been it's been a while since it's been in a standard in the set list. So just to hear that, I think I mean if they played that at a Kiss show, I'd be pretty fired up. Even even at that, and that's and that's not even one of the rarities that we get in that we're gonna get into in a little while. So I think it's a one and and it's on. But at the same time, it's on a live, so it's not like if you're not a hardcore fan, you've never heard this song
0: either. So. It, it, it might um, be one of those I songs it's a great, that, you know, I think it's a oh, great I remember song. I remember
2: that Oh I've heard this before yeah. you might you might yeah it's a so- yeah you're exactly right Julian it's a song that you might not know it at the beginning but by the time it gets to the frame oh yeah I've heard this cuz it's on live it's on MTV Unplugged oh yeah this is good stuff I know this so mm-hmm. I think I think I and then you go on to calling doctor love I mean it's just just standards and, and and I get it playing this more standards to start off the show because you want to get you want to draw in your audience and you know, you're, you're playing the songs that people know that kind of kind of hook them in. So I think I think it's a great all three or four of those, however much ones we're doing right now, is a great way to hook your audience and draw them in um, and grab their attention. Other than the mindless dribble in between songs. <laughs>
0: but, Mark, Mark, as someone who's obviously some uh, thought about set lists in your professional past, how does Gene do in these first four or five songs? I mean, does is he successful?
1: yeah i mean the i thought the intro was was brilliant i mean it's a gene simmons solo show what better way to start it than with that i mean that's one of the most best one twos i've i've heard that intro into radioactive and deuce is such a staple song i mean if you talk to any kiss fan and you ask them what a signature gene song is it's got to be deuce right i mean i know julian always gets so excited when when it's going to be played you know and it's such a it's such a great song, you know. It's a fantastic song, you know. And I mean, th- those those songs go really well together. And even like nothing to lose, it's a it's a good song too. I mean, it's one of the early songs. And it's from you know, I always thought that nothing to lose was a was a really strong song as well. I mean, they they thought well enough of it to release it as a single when they first put out the album, right? So. Um, They had confidence in it from the very beginning. And I think it's a good song. I like it, you know, um, but like we mentioned before, what I would highly suggest to Gene is take it more of an Alice Cooper approach to your set because he's notorious for not talking at all in his sets. He just goes from song to song to song. Maybe he has a little character. People come up and act out something in between. Like when he does, you know, feed my Frankenstein or something. And, just make the set smooth that way because if your strength is not in talking to an audience then don't expose it you know that's always the thing that you try to teach you know or you got you try to learn as a musician is not to show your weakness on stage keep your strength in front don't don't show them your weakness if you're not good at tapping don't do it you know or
2: yeah, or have something thought out before you start talking <laughs> Yeah. or you know. <laughs> right. You know. That, obviously, Paul thinks of what he's gonna. Obviously, Paul knows what he's gonna say in between every song. Gene had no idea. He was. He's just spitballing of what he's. <laughs> what he's talking. You know. He had no idea.
1: Yeah. And and, that, and that's the problem. And and if you're and if you don't want to do that, if you feel that you, it's not your strength to make a scripted out thing and to talk about it, then do that or make little intros like you know you had that radioactive intro be, before radioactive. I don't know. Make up a couple of other ones that go in between songs, and then just use that as you know something to prepare for when you want to change guitars or whatever like that. So there's no dead silence, or there's no bad time. You know, comedic comedic jokes that you're trying to do that to your crickets from. You know, so just keep it simple. Do things that make the set flow. That's the most important thing because when you do it that way, like Alice Cooper shows, before you know it, boom, the show is done, and you're like, wow, that was amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. and he plays like twenty
2: songs because he doesn't waste any time in between. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I just left that little pause in there as an awkward silence to illustrate the point that Mark just made. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, in in between songs, you just don't want to have that fucking space where there there is nothing. There, there's a guy looking at his knob. And that's the, yeah. on his base, not on his body, you dirty minded europeans um Ken first few songs into uh, calling Doctor love, how's it flow? How's it go? How do you like it?
3: I think it flows pretty good um you know, nothing to lose, like Lonnie said hasn't been played in in you know number of years, so you know many years um so and, and I like that song um I don't think it loses momentum or anything, but uh you know, like you know you guys are saying the 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 rap or whatever is talking and and breaks in between uh you know he's he loses the momentum of the, you he got a momentum going and you're when you start breaking it into kind of just chatter um it's kind of you lose that you know excitement uh, in the crowd i think so yeah, you have to keep it short just keep the if you're gonna say anything just keeps on sure you know here's the next song i wrote with it you know like he like he said you know i wrote this one with the van halen brothers or you know played this with the van halen brothers 77 you know you know that kind of thing got love for sale um just keep it short little things like that um i mean that's cool but just, just just go on and and then ramble on and then like you know look at that woman up there with the you know the big whatever's um <laughs> about it so yeah but otherwise uh the song selection is great flowed good uh, I like it leading up to Dr. Love
0: yeah I mean yeah as as was just said he played Deuce I, I was happy Oh, simple as that yeah. you know I'm like a Spongebob with rainbows coming out of my eyes and fluttering <laughs> eyelids and all that shit you know and Nothing to Lose you know it's the same that's another special song for me if I, if I was in that audience you know it's like uh, Los Angeles 98 again you know I'm in the audience of that <laughs> Nothing to Lose is played I don't you know it's like one of those occasional songs that if you're lucky to hear you're lucky to hear you know calling doctor yeah. love signature song for gene mm-hmm. you know obviously it's been used in commercials in recent years so it's a, at least a bit more imprinted on the psyche and it, it, it's another one of those ones from gene but let's get to almost human i, I want to play a little bit of this from one of the youtube videos so let's see if i can just uh cl- click on some of the video oh, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna take, cause I'm gonna take, cause i am i shit you know what I do want to do right now and I hope word does get back to them is give his band a shout out oh yeah they're all fucking monsters oh yeah in in this situation they're professionals um I I don't know a lot of their back music simple as that it's just not part of my scene musically but they are fantastic musicians who really bring a mm-hmm. lot of people who are asking why are there three guitars on stage. It doesn't matter. There are yeah. you know a bunch of competent musicians backing Gene up in this situation, and I think they all did a fantastic job. And you know, in Paul Stanley's finest falsetto, you all want to give yourself a round of applause. Give those guys one. I mean, just absolutely excellent. Mm-hmm. I um, think they sounded
2: better than than Paul's solo band did back in '06. I mean, I think, granted you know i'm not trying to and i know we're not trying to just compare Paul solo show from 11 years ago to this one but i think they just sounded you know Paul solo show that band was just kind of like too refined i mean these guys just sounded just dirtier and, and i don't i don't know if that's the right word but they they just sounded they just sounded more like a band than than studio musicians on stage in my well, opinion well
1: because some of those guys weren't like the one guy Correct. used to used to play in hair as the dog right and it came so and that it, was a yeah. that was a great band right
2: right and it came across that way you know what i mean so i i think i i think that uh, i was surprised i thought maybe he'd have eric up there as a drummer but i was, I was mm. but um i'm i'm glad he didn't i thought he would but i'm glad he didn't i'm glad it's just it's not half a kiss or something that i think these guys sounded the band sounded phenomenal
0: yeah so. Th- thank you so much for Agreed. mentioning that because you know it made me think back to 2006 and how that band sounded great without a doubt very again very professional but here's here's the difference paul stanley's band is the ron Nevison of backing bands and gene had the eddie kramer Mm -hmm. of backing bands that they were gritty rock and roll and paul's were a little bit too polished and perfectionist you know too refined yeah you know they were perfect absolutely perfect they're the guys that Mm -hmm. you can put in front of tv cameras and boom they're on These guys, you can put in front of anyone on a bar stage, on Mm -hmm. a, you know, stage, and they can back anyone right now, Mm -hmm. and they'll bring the attitude. And, you know, it's the difference between, say, beer and gasoline, you know, kind of got gasoline with jeans band, so almost human. (laughs) Anyone surprised that he pulled that one out? Um, And how did you evaluate his performance of that, Mark?
1: Um, yeah i was I was surprised when I saw that, that they played that and uh, I thought they played it really well. I thought that was one of the more stronger ones of the surprise songs that he played. Um, mainly mainly because I think that you can afford to maybe be a little loose with it. I'm not saying that they played it bad at all it has not that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that if you were to play it loose, it wouldn't matter. It's just a that kind of a rock song, you know what I mean. And I think it came across really good. I like the fact that he has three guitar players because he can then take care of all facets. If there's like harmony leads, he has a guy there that can do the harmony with the guy and still have a rhythm guitar in the background. There's no dropout in sound, you know what I mean? You can have that. That's really. I think it's really good. I mean, that's why I think Iron Maiden sound is so good now with three guitar players because of that, right? <laughs> no, and, they, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. They only have two, and the other guy's twirling his guitar. All oh, well, the okay. Yannick. Yeah. Sorry, y- Yannick with his ballet lessons there on stage, <laughs> right? But, but you know, I, I. But I understand the concept and it makes And that song, really, was beneficial for it. Mm-hmm. I think it turned out really well, and I. I think that they could afford to even keep that song. Throughout there, and I hope they do keep it for the rest of his solo tour. Yeah, fantastic. Good thoughts. Ken?
3: Yeah, the Almost Human was a pleasant surprise, obviously. Um, and I thought they did it very well, very well. Um, like Mark said, it's probably that one and Got Love for Sale is probably the two better of the ones nuggets that they pulled out, the, the way they performed it at least. Um, so, but yeah, that was right on right on the mark and and not mark anthony but mark (laughs) it was very good uh yeah nothing bad to say about it because it's just great. And then the band uh like also mark was saying that you know the extra guitarist with the he they could do the um harmonizing and uh they did that i think uh, even right out of the bat off the bat with the um radioactive The the lead is yeah so uh, yeah great song uh, I'm I'm happy that uh, he decided to play it
0: yeah he was backed up strongly by this band vocally you know he, he may have not had uh, Katie Seagal you know oh, yeah. to do backing vocals for him Sophie um, <laughs> but you know they didn't just perform well musically they did very well on the backing vocals Lonnie what's your thought on almost human
2: yeah I, I think it sounded I think it sounded great I think the the vocals you know, from the band, really added to it, where it could have been a dis- distraction or a retraction from the song, but I think it, it added to it. and made it even that much better. Um, like I said, I was kind of sitting on my couch Saturday night, just kind of following, you know, as songs were coming up, and I'm, I'm watching. Oh, it's cool. They started with Radioactive, and oh, Deuce, and Nothing to Lose, Calling Doctor Love. I'm like, oh, don't, don't play a standard Kiss set. Come on, give me give me something to get excited about mm-hmm. and give me give me a reason to be excited to go see you in a couple of weeks and then you pull out almost human i'm like you know yes now now we're talking I'll keep it up keep you know but, you know just like any kiss man you give you gave me a little bit now give me some more because you know just one isn't going to be enough but but he obviously he does live up to he does give you some more um, i think the song sounded great it's one of i th- i think you know I I wish KISS would do. So and I I think it's something KISS could pull off. I mean, obviously they pulled it off on a cruise a few years ago. Um, it's on Love Gun. It's not so I mean it wouldn't be like you're pulling something off out of unmasked or something, you know, your casual KISS fans gonna know it. You know, I would imagine even the casual KISS fans in the audience know it. I mean, most KISS fans, even if you're if you're going to see a Gene Simmons solo show not all of them have love gun, but I would suspect that a a good amount of them do. So I i it's rare, but it's not like you know, like I said, off the elder or something. So it's it's fantastic to play that and to hear that. And and I think the band did a great job. I couldn't be happier with it.
0: Yeah, surprising that you mentioned the elder, but I'm I'm not gonna go there. He he goes into Cold Gin. You know, the next couple of songs are kind of standards. Cold Gin, I love it loud again i'm like oh no i'm just getting one good song. <laughs> yeah and but, again, but but again it's it's well balanced i mean here comes ace's, guess, yeah. aces song that gene sang um obviously right. origins you know ace is kind of reclaiming it so that's a really good song he precedes that with what seems to be the omnipresent or you know shout out to the marine corps to the military which i i thought was kind of nice but I kind of wish you know they 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 would stop kind of doing you know in every show and step away from the social political and all that and just focus Mm. on you know taking everyone's minds off reality you know but you know if i guess if he sees a service person in the audience or has one there as a guest he's gonna call him out so fair fair to him i don't have a problem with that i love it loud Again, a very awkward intro, very long. I guess he saw some people in makeup. He planned to maybe bring them up, and he brings them up on stage to sing backing vocals on on the song. It just takes too long. I mean, audience participation at a show should be how Paul Stanley does it, not bring them on stage and give them hugs. Um, uh, let's just talk about those two songs briefly. Cole Jin, I Love It Loud, Mark.
1: Yeah, well... Again, I mean, they're, they're songs that most KISS fans know for sure. Uh, they were performed well, right? But again, the, the, the comment that most of us make is the fact of what he did in between them, right? That's always the, seems to be the issue with Gene. So really, for me, i found that there was like a running thread here in his set, you know? As long as he kept it to him playing, and kept the banter down to a minimum. Things were rolling beautifully, well-oiled machine. But as soon as he started doing all these little extracurricular activities, you know, it's that's where you start losing people, right? You lose, you know, I lost me a bit, and you know, who knows how it was out in the audience? You know, maybe people went, you know, to the washroom, and he started pulling up people onto the stage and stuff like that. You know, I mean, who who knows, right? But I think. I think the, the the thing with Gene is that there's there's no question that he's a great player, and that he's a great singer. It's just that he just needs to focus on being a, a per, like the frontman performer. If you're gonna go out and do this tour as a solo artist, you need to make sure that that part of your show is as strong as you're playing. Otherwise, you're gonna have difficulty, you know, keeping people's attention, and that's what you want to do throughout the whole hour or so.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to learn that at this stage in his life. Lonnie, gin, I love it loud.
2: You know, kind of standards, um, but you know, it's a it's a good it's it's a good mix though, because after these songs, we get in we get in the some, you know, some rarities all in a row. But I, I think it's good. You know, I, I don't. Again, I don't like the. The delay, you know, let's just let's just keep it moving like an like like we're making the comparison to an Alice Cooper show. You don't have, you no no one's here to uh, maybe not no one, but I don't I don't think anyone's there to hear you talk in between songs. That's not that's not why people are paying money, is to hear you talk. And don't get me wrong, Gene's great, and you know we're all huge Kiss fans, and I'm not gonna badmouth them, but that's not why we're here, is to hear you talk. We're here to hear you hear you play and hear you sing. You know, less less talk, more songs. You can squeeze more songs in the time you're on stage instead of just whatever yeah. you're doing. So, I love it loud. Cold Gin, they're great. They're standards, and again, people in the audience. all well, everybody I know, is, everybody that's there knows I love it loud. Everybody, and I'd say ninety percent of the people there would probably know Cold Gin because Wolkiss well, plays it all the time whenever they come to town, and it's on alive and it's on greatest hits packages so it's it's fine i don't have a problem with one of those and you know again the song sounded good it's just again back to what mark was saying just the the delay in between let's just keep it moving
3: Ken. yeah I have nothing really much to add because you know you you, you picked it all up uh, you explained it all <laughs> the chatter and stuff so you know i love it loud Cold Gin, just yeah, they're standards, kids standards. You kind of expect them. Um, those are songs that he sings all the time. Uh, more so, I love the loud these days. So uh, they they performed them well. They were good. Um, it, it kept it going. Other than you know the the you know breaks in between.
0: Nice. Let's uh, play a little bit of Got Love for Sale. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah I, I'm just sitting there grinning like that. freaking a, cool. Yeah. Ken, let's go straight back to you on that.
3: Yeah, well, another real surprise um, um, him playing that one. Um, and, uh, Shoot, I might have put that in my list. I have to go back and look at the other show that we had and, and see how close or far away I was to the set list. But uh, that song is a great song. They did it well. I mean, the backing vocals were spot on uh, for it, and I just the, the the groove of that song is just so great. You know, you know, chugs along. You know, you know, you just you just get into it. Uh, so I, I love it. I love that they they pulled it out. And uh, shoot, you know keep 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 it coming you know Mark. So, yeah great
1: yeah well uh, again this is a, this is this was a surprise song and while this is one of the songs that i had the issue with because he kind of did the looking around bit it, i will say this though it did though expose one thing it did expose how great the other guys in the bands were not just musically but vocally, because they were able to jump in, cover for him, and cover for him well. Oh, yeah. They were able they were able to sing those parts well. It almost looked like Gina had one, one part of their actually started smiling and almost felt like, well, I should just let him sing it. You know what I mean? And he almost gave that look where he's like, Well, he's doing a good job, you know. But it's but that just shows how much they love Kiss Music, how much they probably grew up with it. And how much of a great selection those guys were because they were able to cover for him when they needed to be and that's the sign of a really good band you know some sometimes shit happens your microphone cuts out on you and you and you're sitting there you're singing and there's nothing coming out you want to be able to have somebody come in mm. and cover for you and keep the show going and th- that's what sort of happened nothing cut out but just Gene's brain cut out there for a minute <laughs> totally right <not>. so. <laughs> brain <laughs> Yeah, brain freeze, right? Yeah, so, a, but he had, I mean, he had a gene moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and that's why I have to applaud those guys. And they did a great job. They they played well, and more importantly, in these kind of situations, they didn't. It didn't turn into a train wreck. It was just they covered for them, and it went well, and everybody was happy. Nobody was booing. Everyone was clapping, having a great time, and it's because they are professional enough to know when to cover and when to jump in on those situations
0: they totally had his back. I mean, what a bunch yeah. of pros. They just, you know, he he faded out there and someone picked it up, simple as that, and brought him back. He came back in. Boom. Continue. You know, that's like a smooth patch, you know, a nice bit of Bondo on the bodywork. Lonnie.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, Gene's been having moments like those for years. So you really can't call them senior moments or Gene moments cuz they've been going on since since the beginning. Since so Right, so it's it's nothing new for Gene to kind of forget the lyrics and start looking around. But you know, those guys picked him up great and like if Julian's playing it, I, get, I could just sit there and listen to that whole freaking thing. It's awesome. So and and that's another one I was you know, they're set, songs are coming in and it's like Love for Sale, are you kidding me? I mean they've I mean they played almost human on the cruise one year, but they've never even teased Got Love for Sale. So that really came out of left field for me that they that they pulled that one out. It sounded fantastic, and his band just sounded great on that. And like Mark said, he's the band kind of saved him because Gene was kind of lost in the middle of it, but couldn't be happier with it. It sounded fantastic.
0: You know, it was when I was listening to this song in particular that a couple of points hit me. Number one, and Gene will never be a frontman. You you simply cannot teach an old dog new trips. You know, Paul Stanley's been doing it for 40-plus years, 45 years, been up there in front of the mic, been leading the show, Um, has a rapport, has everything in his head. He's got his bag of comments. You know, you can give Gene Simmons bullet points, I guess, uh, on his teleprompter that he could possibly use. (laughs) It kind of reminds me of Trump, you know. Because (laughs) I don't want to go there, but Lottie, you
2: you got to, you got to think that like, like Trump's advisors go to him and go, okay, okay. When you go on stage, say this, 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 and you know what Trump must go, ah, I'll wing it, just like Gene must do. You know, I got this.
0: Okay, so there, yeah. so theoretically, anyway, if you gave him bullet points in between songs, talk this, talk that, yeah. you know, so like, s- stay on message, you know, Gene.
2: And you know. I, I don't want to turn this into a, a Trump show, but you, or if you heard, like, the clip when he was on the campaign trail and he's in Pennsylvania, and he goes, I know a lot about Pennsylvania, and it's great, he's, How's Joe Paterno? i you going to bring that back. You're like You have no idea what you're talking about. All you know is you're in Pennsylvania, and like Joe Paterno's name like popped in your head, but you have no idea what you're talking about. It just reminds me of Gene on stage at this show so much. I'm sorry. I had, the, I yeah. had to say
0: that. If, if he's in Pennsylvania, there's only two Joes he's going to be thinking of, and right. he's not going to mention Biden. Um, right, okay, Lonnie. so bringing us back on topic. Um, thanks, Lonnie. <laughs> You, you know, it, it just made it very clear that Gene needs a lot of help in between songs and maybe shouldn't be the primary talker. Um, he did a fantastic thing with this song, and it was when he mentioned the Van Halen brothers and the story. And I think that possibly yeah. sets him up that he'd be far, far better in a storyteller's kind of environment mm-hmm. with a teleprompter yeah. that says, tell a story yeah. about this song now, Gene. Not put the story up on the screen for him to try and tell verbatim but so say talk about this song now um he did it fantastically he brought van halen into the discussion you know he, he said and i don't remember exactly what he said but um you know that he he'd recorded it originally with them in 1976 and you know got on with it you know the the performance itself also screamed He's got to fucking professionally record one of these shows, or a couple of these shows, and edit it. Yeah, I was just had images of Live to Win coming in my head yeah. know, through this. It is so powerful hearing this stuff and hearing a well-put-together set that it would be a crying shame if Gene did not do the same thing that Paul did and put out a, a video of one of these shows or maybe use these as a launching pad to doing you know a couple or three night stand at a theater somewhere popular where people could travel to and he could wear the same shit every night which he generally does anyway Um, you know and and really put together just a live package for iTunes and video I mean it's, it's just a celebration of Gene's side of the career where live to win is a celebration of Paul you know, I, I don't want Gene to dig out any songs from *Asshole* to put on. Simple as that. Because this was just mm. utter perfection to me. It celebrates everything that he does well in the band, and musically was well balanced. So, those were what jumped out of me. The next song up is *Parasite*, and what I love, apart from it being an, an again, it's an obvious Gene song to kind of do. You're either going to have Cold Gin *Parasite* watching you, which wasn't present. She wasn't there so Parasite's great but he paid an absolutely beautiful comment to Ace I mean he said Ace had his bad days but on a good day he'd walk in with a classic like this I mean that's classy you know that he didn't Mm -hmm. talk about Ace being a drunken alcoholic druggy loser he said a compliment you know Mm -hmm. so KISS fans they don't disrespect each other you know continuously Um, Ken Parasite
3: yeah, well, before I say something about Parasite, when you're talking about video recording, uh, video of this, which would be great, um, he did, I found it interesting that he told people to video this performance oh, yeah. on, their, on their phones and post them on Facebook and, and so on. I just found that interesting. It doesn't seem like something he would normally ask for, you know, from the crowd, but he was, like, pushing it that way, so um, I, I don't know why, but Maybe he's trying to, I collect don't know, collect footage, collect help the footage and put him. it as part of his box set or something.
1: Documentary.
3: Put it as, help, part, and, on, and, as an addition yeah. to his his box set, right? As an and, and it's a
2: good way just to help him promote it too by getting that footage out there.
3: Yeah, uh, you sure,
2: sure too. share it on exactly. your
0: share it on your streams. I mean, you know, yeah. may, it, it, maybe he's getting savvy. Finally, he's not being Lars. He's not going <laughs> to tell you to tape and then sue you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
3: So. Anyway, uh, so Parasite, yeah, you know, can't go wrong with that song. Great song, great Ace written tune, uh, as you said, and he uh, performed it perfectly. I mean, it's just a great, great song. One of the, you know, some of the, you know, best Kiss songs uh, around. That's one of them. So uh, they kept it going there. That kept it rocking pretty good. So that was good.
0: Nice. Lonnie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like you were saying, I think *Parasite* is a, is almost a given. Like I love *It Loud* and *Cold Gin* and *Deuce*. Um, it's, it's rare, but it's not, almost like almost like nothing to lose. it's rare, but it's not an extreme case, like a, like an almost human or, or love for sale. But, it, but it's a, but it's refreshing to hear. At the same time, if Kiss came to town and played *Parasite*, I'd be thrilled. You know, it's it's not the same old, same old, but it's you know, it, it, it's a good mix. Again, it's it's a good mix of really rare, of really standard, and the midway in-between songs. So, who, whoever, if if Gene put the setlist together, or if the band kind of had an input of of what they wanted to do, but the overall set choosing of the songs and even the order in which they're in i think is is really outstanding um and and i think it, it keeps the audience moving that it, it doesn't just like you know I, i've been the shows where like the setlist is really building momentum building momentum and then just boom and you play a song that absolutely no one knows and the whole thing just dies but i i think it's it's a good flow um with with the mixture of it and, and it, it doesn't just Get to the point where it where it just dies because you play something just totally off the wall that nobody that even like why are they even playing this type of thing, um, so I think I think Parasite blends in very nicely, not only with the song selection but where it lands in between two you know more of of rare rare tracks for lack of
0: a better term. Nice, Mark.
1: Yeah. Um. I think it was really cool that Gene did that whole compliment to Ace there. I think that, uh, you know, it was also smart for him to do that because while Paul had his moment with Ace with that whole video that he did with him, maybe this is his uh, sort of extension of the olive branch to Ace, you know, and then maybe, you know, there's two members now that kind of are in better terms now with Ace. So I think it's a smart move. Um, Also, I think. What's interesting is that this song kind of really shows that the guys who were playing guitar, how much of KISS fans they were. They used the, the gear that they used on stage was perfect. Les Pauls, Marshalls, and you can really tell that that's the kind of gear that really suits this sort of music. Maybe that's one of the things that maybe was lacking in Paul's band was that they seem to not pay attention to those little details. Like in in, as far as tone goes, you know, like you said, it was a little Ron Nevison-ish, you know, a little bit more polished, and you know, a little bit too many boutique amps on stage, maybe, you know. And this is more raw, you know, 50 watt Marshall heads, you know, cranked on full, kind of thing. And I think it really showed that that's the roots of Kiss. Parasite was probably written and recorded the same way, with Les Paul's Marshalls blaring in the studio. And that's why it sounds so cool, and that's why they always sound good live when they play those kinds of songs. And I think they did this really well on stage.
0: So Ace Freely will be rejoining the band mid-year. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to skip over Plasticaster. I mean, it was nice to hear it again, but it's been in you know Kisses set. Uh, You know, over the last couple of years, so it's nothing so good. And Ken did mention earlier the god awful use of gymnasium in the rap, um, because it's a a big word. And again, he did the storyteller kind of bit. So I'll just gloss over that so we can get into charisma. Here's here's a little bit of that. Well, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, Gene Simmons, I'm not worthy. You know, Wayne's World <laughs> moment there. Um, Mark, I'm going to go back to you on that charisma. What was your initial reaction to finally properly hearing that live?
1: Well, from as far back as, you know, when I got into Kiss, that was one of the songs I really, really enjoyed off of Dynasty when it first came out. I thought it was a really cool song. And, you know, Although Gene only had like two songs on that record, that's probably one of the best ones that he did, right? And uh, it's it's a great song. Again, the example of the three guitars show, show that as a benefit in this song again. It really makes the groove of the song stick out more with that, right? And, uh, you know, I, I think that the more I listen to the band play, the more... I keep smiling because you can really tell how much they know the music, and I think that's really important. Like you said, the difference between real people who love this stuff and grew up with it, as opposed to hiring a bunch of fantastic session players who maybe had to, you know, get some sheet music and learn it, and boom, 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 and play it. These guys knew every little sort of nuance and every little sort of, you know, pick, scratch, and this and that to do in there. It's when you know it and love the songs that much you look for those little small details and you add them in there which is much different for players like that than i think than session players
0: and that's one of the key points that you know these musicians uh up on stage i mean they really made this song in particular really thick i mean that you know the guitars on that i mean it is just you know not to use a monster phrase but it's a wall of sound there, there are so many textures going on there that give it so much character, so much seasoning that it, it's really insane.
3: ken Yeah. I thought Mark was gonna say that, you know, the more I hear them play that the more I want them to be KISS two or something. I thought he was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh anyway, he he didn't say that, but that's why I was thinking in my head. Um charisma like Mark, you know, that's one of my favorite one of my favorite all time, you know. Gene songs, and uh, and I've told that story where, you know, that was the first song I heard off of uh, Dynasty, because I played side two by accident first, so that's, it was an amazing thing, but I thought, great,
2: wow, this is wow, great. Wow, starting with the Gene song. What a great
3: song. But, uh, so, yeah, that's always been one of my favorite songs, and, and they, they did it well. It was another surprise. I think they did Almost Human and Got Love for Sale a little bit better. Uh, they're a little tighter on those, but uh, it's still very enjoyable. And finally, you know, we get to hear it live.
0: Yeah, and just watching the video of Gene during this song, I mean, it's just—he's—he's he's got a swagger about him. When I mean, he's fully comfortable in the set by this point, and just really? watching him kind of play, and watching him play bass on this as well. I mean, it's just fascinating to actually see him. He is so underrated, Lonnie. Oh yes, yes.
2: Yeah. I- his his bass is actually really loud in the mix and really sounds good in my opinion. That you can that is, because it is a Gene Simmons solo show. The bass is a little more turned up and you can kind of hear his playing. And it, like Mark said at the beginning of the show, his playing really is is really top notch. Um, even on even on songs like this, you can. I mean, he definitely. I may not remember the words, but he definitely knows the riff and knows that bass line of those songs. So, <laughs> you can't fault him on that. Yeah. So yeah, the plastic, the char- charisma being in there was the total shocker. I mean, you already had, you know, Plastercaster. You had Got Love for Sale. You had Almost Human. But then to pull that out, you're like, there. It, ma- it made me feel like there are no limitations to what he can play on this solo tour. Mm-hmm. Even if he wants to change it up a little bit, nothing's gonna. N- you know, and, and not a slam against Paul Stanley, but nothing or no one's gonna tell him, No, we're not gonna play that. He's gonna play whatever he wants to. Whether it's I love it loud or whether it's charisma. He's gonna do what he wants because it's a Gene Simmons solo show. And I I think it's it sounded it you know, it wasn't as polished as some of the others. Maybe it needed a little more rehearsal, but to get a live version of Charisma, even if it's just Gene Simmons and a few other guys couldn't be happier to have it um and looking forward to to more performances of it hopefully so when's he in your neck of the wood april my neck of the way neck of the wood what brings me you here um april 8th okay you guys want to come over no i think you're gonna
0: get naked ci- <laughs> or you're gonna get
2: Play naked
3: Larry. naked
0: get naked, city. naked city or
3: oh yeah or uh, x-ray you know,
0: I, I think am
3: hoping get, they do naked city.
0: I think they're gonna. I think you're gonna get something off unmasked.
3: That'd be think, awesome. I, I don't
0: think we're gonna get Mr. Blackwell. Um, and you said shocker. Yeah. And since I did practice it for the frickin' LA Expo, and hoping there it is. You know, I just threw a shocker. Three sides. Oh, right. wow wow! All right, uh, let's wrap up this set because it goes pretty fast from here. It's C and I, Christine 16. Um, which we've all heard, you know, the kind, of, I, I guess we're going to call them standard Gene songs at this point. War Machine, again, he, he went into nice little storytellers about these guys from Canada, you know, Jim Valence and Brian Adams. They had this nice keyboard riff. I would love to Just hear that. Just play the song. Yeah, but I, I, I want to hear that demo that he heard. You right.
3: Know, yeah.
0: I want to hear what, you know, we've always heard about this like Casio keyboard type. Um, riff <laughs> that he heard, yeah. and then we see on Jim Valance's site that he wrote about how he will never lose another songwriting credit because of the music <laughs> business side of things. Um, I, yeah. I want to know what the, Gene actually was presented with during those sessions from that story. But again, it comes back to Gene as a storyteller would probably be a slightly better environment to him than trying to do a rapport with the crowd with his limited social skills. Um, <laughs> War Machine, um, let me go rock and roll into Rock and Roll All Night. And for the the rest of this set after Charisma, it's just pure power. I mean, he goes into the kind of lighter See You Tonight and Christine 16... And then it's War Machine, Let Me Go, Rock and Roll All Night. I mean, that is just a freaking knock. That's Mike Tyson of music right yeah. there. That's a knockout punch. I, you know, whereas I've always celebrated hearing Deuce, Let Me Go, Rock and Roll is another one of those. I mean, it's such a, a core Kiss song that I, I don't care how diehard you are and wanting to hear rarities. If you don't get excited where you hear these, you know, important Kiss songs like that, then... I I just don't get it. What's going to make you happy, Lonnie? How's it finish up for you?
2: No, I think I think I talked in the beginning that it starts strong, and it ends just as strong as it starts. Um, See you tonight, Christine. Sixteen again, kind of middle of the road, you know, songs not middle of the road like they're boring, but you know, songs you could you would almost expect to hear at a Gene Simmons solo show, but then. Just the ass kicker of the last three songs of War Machine, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Night, three staple Gene Simmons songs, three driving Force Kiss songs, and I'm with you on, on Let Me Go Rock and Roll. It's, it's one of my favorite songs that they play live. I always get fired up when they when I hear that little intro to it and you know they're going to go into it, that extended solo section. It's It's fantastic, so... Um, he ends it just as strong as he begins it and that's again that's the way a show should be to draw you, to hook you in at the beginning keep you interested through the middle which he did and then to blow your pants off at the end which he did as well couldn't be better in my opinion
0: perfect, Mark
1: yeah I think it's uh, great, I like the way he did this set because you're always supposed to start strong and strong like a little smiley face how you're supposed mm-hmm. to arrange your set right and uh like you guys let me go rock and roll has been one of those songs i really loved early on as well i mean here's a song that's like two minutes and change on studio and live they always play it's like six minutes long you know and that just goes to show how much you can kind of stretch out a song like this and with great players you can make it sound fantastic right that's one of my favorite moments of Kiss playing like when I saw the Alive Kobo Hall bootleg shows I've always loved how they did let me go rock and roll with the confetti at the end and everything it was always fantastic moment and such a great song to do why not continue and do it And you know you gotta end with rock and roll all night that's you know as standard and as popular a Kiss song as ever as popular a Gene Kiss song as ever you know so I think that the set list was well done well constructed, and he ended the set properly. He's supposed to go out with a bang and make them talk about you when you're done. Nice, great thoughts, Ken.
3: Yeah, like you guys said, the, they started strong and finished strong. You know, started with a bang, ended with a bang. I mean, that's the way to do it. Um, you know, "Let Me Go Rock and Roll" is a great song. It's a great rock and roll, really true rock and roll kind of written song, and I, you know, that's kind of a a nod to uh, Chuck Berry you know late the late Chuck Berry um, he, he might have been influenced uh, by Chuck Berry writing that song just the you know the groove of it um, so uh, you know that's kind of a tribute even though they did a tribute you know a couple songs earlier to uh, Chuck Berry in, in this set so uh, which was very you know classy thing to do um, but uh, yeah end with a bang you know those are great songs i mean war machine i love you know that's one of my favorite songs also uh, by gene uh even though he may have not written it all you know? but uh you know he can't say anything bad about the way they went out it's just a, a solid solid show from beginning to end
0: and that was one of the things i, I kind of edited out the set the uh tribute to chuck Berry. You know, there, yeah. some people criticized it, which I, I, I really found a little bit disingenuous or insulting. You know, frankly, you know, mm-hmm. they said if you're going to pay tribute to him, at least learn how to play the song properly. Well, how much time is there to learn how to play oh. the other songs that he needs to focus on? <laughs> and Chuck songs Bear, that he wrote. You know, and <laughs> you know, unfortunately you know chuck berry inconveniently goes and dies you know not leaving a, a yeah. whole hell of a lot of time to figure out how he wants to pay tribute to someone without whom very few rock bands would probably exist i mean chuck berry like, for fuck's sake you know so that he even took time to mention chuck berry rather than say elvis presley in 1977 what the fuck did they did they play jailhouse rock that night no they didn't you know so they at least tried to play tribute to him and I thought they did a perfectly fine job yeah it's a little bit of a train wreck so what you know it's not it's not about the performance it's about the sentiment you know Mm -hmm. get get over the perfectionism that it has to be perfect you know just take it for what it is so you know back in Vancouver he did 17 songs a bunch of covers money don't let go. True. Mm. Right. Um, you know.
2: I but, was glad that went in there.
0: Yeah. Play um, your own. St-
2: play your own stuff. I'm not there to hear you do other people's songs. All
0: that <laughs> shit was replaced with. That was go- great. With the good stuff. Um, yeah. So what I, I really felt from this whole set that it was totally balanced. Is there anything missing from it? Yeah. And here's where I think he can really mm-hmm. work. He can substitute parasite for watching you. He can substitute cold gin for. Mm-hmm going blind you know and bring in some of those yeah. other really gene songs but verses like sabota uh, the casino show in 2007 when Paul was taken ill and he had to throw together a set you know you've got everything that you expect from gene there got a thunder I don't think it needs to be present if he's gonna throw out got love for sale or almost human you've kind of got the brooding gene songs black diamond I don't think he needs it you know, I, I think he's got enough wiggle room You know, with some of these other songs like She that he could rotate um, but I think what I get out of this first performance and we'll have to see what the next show brings is that I think Gene could do a solo tour totally now I, I, I think I'm becoming a complete believer that he could actually go out on the road with these cats and he he just did 16 songs and none of them felt like they were they shouldn't have been there some of them felt like they could have been rehearsed more. Some of them felt like they yeah. could have been kind of arranged maybe a little bit more tightly for the guys he's performing with. But he utilized that band perfectly. So I, I guess the final question as we start to wrap up this episode is Does this make you hungry for a Gene solo tour? A proper one. Proper. Proper. Lonnie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I never thought I. I'm so excited to see him in a couple of weeks. I never thought I'd see a Gene Simmons solo show. I just, I just, you know, it didn't fit Gene as a as a person or as a as an artist. And, you know, Paul Stanley solo show made a whole lot more sense to me than than a Gene Simmons solo show. So when he announced these shows, and you know, there was rumors about them, and then the shows were announced, I really was kind of curious to how it how it would go, you know? And I guess, you know, it, it, it had its stumbling blocks with, with talking in between songs and really not knowing what to say, but as far as song selection and performance goes, it was fantastic. Yeah, could he could he brush it up a little bit on, on some of the rarities that he pulled out? Absolutely. But like I said earlier, I wouldn't expect anything less from Gene at this point in time, too, for him to kind of be looking around like, yeah, I don't know this, and... I don't care, I'm Gene Simmons, I can get away with not knowing the song. So I'm excited about it. I think that I know and I hope he's having fun doing these, and I hope he continues to have fun doing these, that it could spawn into something bigger and and play, you know, twenty cities, twenty five cities. I think it'd be it'd be great. It'd be great for him, great way for him to spend um the winter months when Kiss is usually kinda dormant.
0: Yeah, pick the same cities that Paul did on his live to win tour and go there, Ken.
3: Yes, I'd love to see him on tour. Uh, that'd be fantastic. And just like I said at the beginning, about about uh, all the Paul Stanley fans, you know, this Gene Simmons has a lot of songs he could do, and he just proved it. And there's a lot more to pull, you know, to pull from. You know, Naked City. You know, she's so European. Whatever, you know, uh, ray, uh, uh, X-ray eyes. No, whatever. don't jinx oh, me. Don't jinx yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Not
0: <laughs> for the innocent.
3: Not, oh, please, you know, <laughs> not for the innocent. I, I'd love to hear that one live. So I know, I know our buddy in Sweden, uh, Daniel, would love uh, Fist Daniel like a glove. Would love to hear "fits like a glove." You know, he <laughs> pulled that one out. Uh, no pun intended. So. Um, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. so uh, <laughs> know, I lo- I'm hoping you know he's, there's going to be a wizard con out here in, Sacra- in the Sacramento area but the thing is I think it conflicts with uh, something Kiss is doing so I don't think he's going to come out here uh, but I, I wish he would uh, because I'd go for sure
0: Mark what are your thoughts on the end of the show or um, whatever that question was I just asked <laughs> What what do I, I
1: to him do in a the tour. Show.
0: It's time. I was
1: typing, sorry. Yeah. Well I, I I honestly think that I, I think he should do it. I mean KISS has a lot of downtime, as you can see. So it makes perfect sense for him to do it. And I uh, I think that he has the right people to do it with now. And I think he has a lot of great material to do. Right, which is more important. I agree with Ken, I mean, you know, Naked City got to do that you got to add in some of these other songs you can you can change up a set list it'd be great you know i think it'd be a great tour my only problem with it is that i know you probably won't come to canada of course you'll probably go (laughs) anywhere else but here with it right so i won't be able to see it just like my big problem that i have on my other podcast the yes one i always bitch about yes never coming to canada nor arw or any of the other yes affiliated bands they never come to Canada. What the hell's going on? Come here, you know. Play here, you know. Hang them
3: out, you know? Cold. Shut That's up. I'm
1: calling out to you. You had Rush. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> true. And Helix. Helix, oh boy. And uh, uh, and, uh, Murray. And, uh, and
0: Murray. <laughs> and Murray.
1: So Don't remind
2: us. The over under there being and Murray. The guilders on the show.
1: Here you go. <laughs> And triumph. <laughs> yeah, triumph, very go. good. triumph, yeah, triumph for good, yeah, triumph for good, yeah. I I admit they they were one of the better bands too, but you know I, I think that it would be great to have him do a tour. I think a lot of fans would be happy, and they'd like they would more importantly they'd get to hear a lot of songs they have never heard and played with a band that's really good.
0: Yeah, and come on, uh, Gene, if you do do a solo tour Toronto, you know if you do one Canadian city. Well, Toronto on that side and Vancouver on the other. You know, there you go. Simple as that. All right, so I, I think final thoughts on this is um, what I, my takeaway from watching this show and listening to the uh, various audio recordings is that Gene could totally do a solo tour. And I, I think I, I'm much more, you know, kind of firm in what he needs to work on with that. And it's cutting out the dead minutes between songs um and and just basically playing or doing a storyteller type thing so you know do chime in on this topic wherever you listen to us whether it's youtube whether it's facebook whether it's on the faq you know we'd love to hear how you think gene did on this one outing obviously it's the first proper show there's going to be more i can't wait now i'm really excited i'm looking forward to it there's going to be more gene performances i've got Kiss to look forward to coming up next month. So there, there's a lot of fun shit happening. It's uh, how is this going to affect the Kiss show that I'm going to see in Reno? You know, is uh, Charisma or Got Love for Sale going to get performed by Kiss? You know, so don't hold your breath, Julian I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold. I don't. I don't. <laughs> don't
3: you do their bathroom break. you know, They'll play it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I ultimately, I don't care when I go to Reno you know I'm doing the meet and greet I'm looking forward to that but yeah. when I go to the show I'm just I'm not going to pick up my camera I'm not going to be live facebook streaming That's the way to do it I'm not doing it Enjoy the moment I I've wasted so many yeah. moments over the years trying to report live from shows and I do thank everyone who does but now I say don't we'll find out after the fact put down the phones put down the cameras Enjoy the moment while you still can because we're so near to the end leaf in the book of the story of Kiss that you you don't want to have had your focus on your camera looking at the screen of a camera of Kiss performing rather than looking at Kiss performing and listening to Kiss performing. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's what happened at the Ace Frehley show. It, it, It was like the phone was out briefly i did take some pictures but for the most part i just tried to get enveloped by it so i do recommend that and and just seeing gene pulling out this shit it's like yeah i want to see it on youtube on one hand but i also want people who are actually there to just come away and say he fucking played naked city man and (laughs) you're like where's the recording well, I was listening to it. I
2: yeah. Enjoying Fuck. myself.
0: Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. You weren't there. You know?
2: Right.
0: Yeah. It's, it's simple, simple as that. So I'd like to get back to that. So, um, you know, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds.